Jeremiah chapter 12. Jeremiah chapter 12. And uh, we're going to begin uh, there in verse um, there in verse 7. Jeremiah chapter 12 verse 7. And uh, we'll read down to verse 10. I'm going to focus on verse 9 tonight mainly. But Jeremiah chapter 12. We'll begin there in verse 7. And I'll let you find your place here. One of the things we see is uh, in... Uh, this chapter of Jeremiah, we see that Jeremiah has asked the Lord a question, and he asked the Lord a question that I think many folks over the ages and eons of time, uh, over the thousands of years, have asked the very same thing. And if you're like me, you've probably asked the very same thing in your life as well. In the very beginning of chapter 12, uh, there actually in verse 1 of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah comes to the Lord and he says, Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee. Yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. He says, You know what, God, I know you're righteous in all that you do, but I got a question I want to ask you. You ever thought about that? You ever said that to you, you know, maybe said that to yourself too? He says, Lord, I know, God, I know you know what you're doing. Lord, I know that you know what's right. I know that you do always do that which is just. He says, but God, when I, when I think about everything that you do, he says, there's just something i got to ask you. There's a question that I have. And what was this question? He said there in the middle part of verse 1 of chapter 12, he says, wherefore, or why, wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Question mark. <clears throat> he says, God, why is it that it seems like the wicked are doing fine? He says, the wicked seem like they're doing good. Uh, notice he says, wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? He says, you know what? It seems like they're doing well. He says, it seems like they could care less about you and they, they uh, uh, do wickedly. They live an evil, wicked lifestyle. And he says, it seems like that they are enjoying life. He says, but here I am, your prophet, one that you called me from the womb. You know, you said uh, that uh, uh, that uh, whenever before that when I was in the womb before I was even there that you knew who I was, he says. But yet you called me to be a prophet, called me to go out and proclaim the, your your word and and to tell people about you. He says. But you know what? I come out here and nobody wants to listen. He says. I get Jeremiah's known as a weeping prophet. He says. I come out and he says. I preach a word. Nobody wants to listen. Nobody wants to hear what I got to say. Uh, he says, I'm doing everything I can to tell them what you, want, what you want them to hear. But nobody seems like they're interested. And so he was very distraught over that. Very, that's one of the reasons why he's called the weeping prophet. Because he had a message for the people of God. But the people of God didn't want to hear it. The people of God were not interested in it. Uh, he would go out there and preach and people would walk away. He'd go out there and preach and, and uh, hardly nobody would come. He'd go out there and preach and, and uh, folks would uh, uh, curse him and, and say things to him and, uh, and evil entreat him and throw him in a pit and do all kinds of evil, wicked things to him. And he says, you know, he says, I'm doing everything I can to do what's right and do what you want me to do, yet I feel like I'm the one that's being punished. And he says, it seems like these other people, they could care less about you. And yet it seems like they're walking around, got a smile on their face and look like they're doing okay. Uh, we ain't got time to get in all of it tonight. But you see as you go throughout the verses uh, that God does assure him that, listen, uh, the, wicked will, the wicked will only enjoy their selves for a short time. And God assures him that, uh, that the righteous uh, will be done right. Uh, and even though it doesn't seem like it now, that it all will come out in the end. 
Uh, and I tell you what, it's something for all of us to kind of you know, think about as we go through these things. Um, but notice he says there as we get down to verse 7, uh, he begins to talk about how he is bringing judgment upon his people. For what reason? God's bringing judgment on his own people because they will not listen because of all the things that Jeremiah said. He says, you know what? I went out there. I'm doing everything I can to give them your word, but nobody cares about it. And God says, well, you know what? He says, they're out there acting like heathen. They're out there living like the devil. They're out there living like the world, and I'm doing everything I can to get their attention, and they won't listen to me. So what I'm going to do is is I'm going to bring some folks in to uh, cause them some misery for a little while, and that's going to be the chastening hand of God. But notice what he says there in verse 7. He says, I have forsaken mine house. I have left mine heritage. I have given my dearly beloved of my soul into the hand of her enemies. Uh, he says there in verse 8, he says, Mine heritage is unto me as a lion in the forest. He says, and mine heritage, God, he's talking about his people. His heritage is the nation of Israel. He says, you know what the nation of Israel is like? He says, you know what my people are like? He says, you know what the nation of Judah is like? He said, my people are like the lion in the forest. He says, they are uh, disobedient to me. He says, they, they, they roar uh, and uh, they roar uh, with, uh, uh, with anger against me. They roar in sin against me. They don't care. They, they openly blaspheme me. They openly sin against me. He says, they're like the lion in the forest. They, uh, they feel like that, uh, that they are their own king and they don't need me and they are openly blasphemy, blasphemous about it. And he says, this is what they have become. He says, I have sent my people down there to talk to them. He said, I've sent you down there to talk to them. And they won't listen. He says, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring judgment upon them because they are like a lion out in the forest. They want to rule their own life. They want to go their own way. And he says, I'm done. I'm tired of it. So what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to take care of business. He says, because they are openly defiant and rebellious against me, I'm going to do something about it. And so he does. And the Bible says there in verse 8, the Bible says, It crieth out against me, therefore have I hated it. And it doesn't mean that word hate there doesn't mean as uh, does it, that God hates as we understand the word hate right now. It has the idea that he is not preferring them right now and that he is going to set them aside to do what he's got to do. And so that's what that word hate right there means. There in verse 9, notice what he says. It's the first part of it. He says, Mine heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. See, not only did he say that they're like a lion in the forest, openly defiant and want to rule and want to run their own life and uh, openly against me. He says, But they're also like a speckled bird. Uh, uh, they're unto me as a speckled bird. The birds round about are against her. Come ye, assemble all the beasts of the field, come to devour. Uh, there in verse 9, he says, My people are like the speckled bird. Uh, uh, he says, you know what, they, uh, the other, other nations, they're going to come in and they're going to devour, they're going to devour uh, my heritage. I'm going to bring other people in. I'm going to bring other nations in and they're going to come in and they're going to lay spoil to the nation because they're like this lion out in the wilderness and they will not listen. He says, so what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to bring, uh, I'm going to bring other nations and he defies these uh, 
uh, defines these other nations as the speckled birds. And he's going to bring them in. The Bible says there in verse 9, he, he says they're going to be like the speckled bird. He says the birds round about against her. He says come and assemble all the beasts of the field come to devour. And so the beasts of the field uh, uh, symbolizes the other nations around about the, uh, God's people. And he says I'm going to invite them all to come in and I'm going to invite them all to come in and cause trouble to God's people because they are like the lion out in the forest that is openly defiant against me. Uh, and I, t- I tell you what, that is, uh, uh, they're in a, a very sad predicament uh, in, uh, in, this, uh, uh, in this place. I tell you, we've got to be careful, I think, as a people, as a country, uh, that we don't become like this lion out in the forest that says, you know what, we'll just run our own life. We don't need God. We can do it our own way and just push God out of everything because God says, hey, if you become like that lion out in the forest where you think you're the king and you think you're going to run the show and you think you know better, that's fine. What I'll do is, is I'll just call all the birds in and I'll just call all the, uh, all, the, uh, all the other beasts in, symbolizing the nations around them, and I'll just bring them all in and stir things up a bit for you until, until you get down on your knees and repent. And God has a way of doing that. But he says there in verse 9, he says, My heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. Anybody, a speckled bird uh, we know today is uh, as, as a bird has black wings. This, this bird has black wings, has a white chest. And uh, this bird, very different from other birds, what this bird does is this bird doesn't build its own nest. This bird actually comes in and it invades another nest. It looks for a nest that is already built. It looks for a nest that already looks warm and cozy. And the whole idea is for the speckled bird to come in and make itself at home in somebody else's nest. Doesn't want to do any work. Has, doesn't, want to, doesn't want to build its own. That speckled birds don't build their own nest. They just invade the nest of another. And if there are eggs in that nest, they'll push them out. If there's little baby birds in there, they'll kill them and lay their own eggs in there and fly away. And not something. They'll, if there's baby birds in it, then they will kill those baby birds and kick them out of the nest. If there's eggs in there, they'll push them out and they'll lay their own eggs in that nest and expect, some, expect the other bird to come and hatch them for them. They lay the eggs and then they leave and they don't come back. They just abandon them all together and they don't even lay their, and then they don't even uh, build their own nest. He says, uh, that's what these other nations are going to be like. He says, they're going to come in and they're going to devour what's there. They're going to destroy your home. They're going to take over everything that you got. And they are, uh, in essence, going to be as speckled birds unto you. They're going to turn you into this. The reason, one other reason why they call it a speckled bird is because this bird has black wings. It has a white chest. But the reason why they call it a speckled bird is because, yes, granted, a lot of speckled birds that have specks all over them, yes. But one of the reasons why they specifically call it a speckled bird, it's known as a speckled bird, is because uh, uh, some of these speckled birds, they, when they devour the little birds that are there or kill, kill the little birds that have nested in that little nest, the blood splatter that gets all over their chest. And so they call it a speckled bird. Now, there are some speckled birds that just by nature they have uh, speckles on them, but they're just known 
as speckled birds, called speckled birds because of the bloodbath that they create when they come in. And God says, you know what? That's exactly what's going to happen. This nation is going to be as a speckled bird. I'm going to have these other birds that are going to come in and they are going to devour this place and they are going to spoil this place and they are going to take everything that you got. There in verse 9, he says, My heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. Uh, the birds round about her or against her. Come ye, assemble all the beasts of the field. Come to devour. Uh, and so we see that these other birds are going to come in like these speckled birds. And they're going to come in and they're going to devour, in essence, the people of God. What are some other things? What are some other birds that maybe we can think of tonight uh, that are kind of like speckled birds but just different kind of birds that come in and also devour the house of God or devour, uh, in essence, try to devour God's people. What are some things that we can see? Uh, what, kind of, uh, what kind of birds are there that's out there? Well, I think for one, we can see one kind of bird is the wiffle bird. The wiffle bird. The wiffle bird is the only bird that can fly backwards. Isn't that something? You ever heard of a bird that can fly backwards? The wiffle bird is the only bird that can fly backwards. This bird is not concerned about where it's going. Listen, I think if you drive backwards, you're not too concerned about what you're doing. This bird is the only bird that can fly backwards. And this bird, he isn't chosen. He isn't really concerned about what direction that he's going. Uh, he flies backwards. He's not looking for the future. He's not looking ahead. But he's, only, he's always living in the past. He's, uh, I think we must be careful about ourselves that we're not constantly living in the past. That we are looking for the future. That we do have a vision. Because if not, if we're not looking where we're going, then we're going to make a mess out of things. And as God's people, we want to make sure that we're not that kind of bird. We don't want to be like the... Uh, the speckled bird. We don't want to be like the, the wiffle bird. We want to make sure that we are flying straight, that we are going in the direction that God wants us to go and that we're not living way back in the past. Listen, we all know that we got one, but we don't need to live there. God wants us to move forward. He wants, wants us to press forward. And so what we need to do <clears throat> as God's people is to continue to press forward and not be like this wiffle bird. But I tell you what, there's a lot of wiffle birds uh, in the realm of Christianity today. Folks that just keep living back there. Folks that are more concerned about what, what, what happened back there, what went on back there. Folks that are more concerned about all that back there than they are looking forward to what they got now and looking forward to what they can have later. I mean, we got a lot of folks that are more, uh, they're not concerned about the future at all. Uh, not concerned about uh, uh, what's going to take place in, uh, in, uh, in eternity. But they're more concerned about what's happened already and living in that time. Listen, let us not be like the wiffle bird and continuously just looking behind us and living in the past because that will definitely destroy our life and we don't want to do that. What other kind of bird is there that we want to make sure that we're not like? <clears throat> I think the second is the sparrow. Sparrow is the most common of all birds. Lord Jesus mentioned the sparrows that he knows everyone that falls to the ground. The sparrow is the most common of all birds. Uh, they're found everywhere. Uh, they... Uh, are birds that we hear all the time. They're out chirping and all these different kinds of things. But it's some, but interesting is that they chirp a lot, but it doesn't seem like they ever have a song. I mean, they make a lot of noise. They make a lot of racket, but it never does it really seem like they have anything beautiful that really ever comes out. They just make they make a weird sound, just just chattering and chattering and chattering. But that's all that they ever do. There's not really like a a song that comes out of their mouth. You ever just went outside and sat like a lot of times on Sunday morning? What I really enjoy to do is I get up and I make coffee, 
And I go outside and I sit on the front porch. And I take my Bible with me and I go outside and I sit there. And I, as I'm sitting there, I can just hear all the different birds just chattering and singing and everything. And you hear all the different sounds that all these birds are making. There's some of them, man, they sound like they are singing a beautiful melody. And then there's some of them that are out there making some kind of crazy racket. And you're trying to figure out what in the world is that? Uh, but you know what? I think that's the same thing for God's people. We want to we be a people that's uh, making music and everything that we do. We want, what, we want what we do to be nice. We want what we do to be, uh, what we, we want what we do to be something that's, uh, that's uh, desiring to be heard and willing to be heard. But you know what the sparrow does? The sparrow, he just complains all the time and he just, uh, he just talks all the time, but he never does anything. The, the, you never hear a song come out of his mouth. He just, uh, he just wants to make a lot of noise. And listen, we don't want to be that kind of bird. Amen. We don't want to be that kind of bird. Uh, and so that is the sparrow. What other kind of bird is there? Well, we think about the fan-tailed pigeon. The fan-tailed pigeon. You say, what in the world is the fan-tailed pigeon? Well, the fan-tailed pigeon is the birds that like to strut the most in the church. They're the ones that kind of put their head, you know, they, they do this right here, and you know, and they, they're the ones that like to strut. They want everybody to look at them. They want, they want everybody to see them. They don't, like, they don't really like to come to church, though, unless, unless they've got something new they want everybody to see. They don't really want to come to church unless they, got to, uh, unless they bought something new. They bought a new car or maybe they bought, a, uh, bought something else. You know, they bought a new dress or maybe they bought a new hat. Maybe they bought a new pair of shoes. They just want to show off in front of everybody. They're those people. They just want to strut their stuff. They, they just want everybody to be impressed with what, with what they have. You know, I haven't been impressed with anything. You know what? Because nothing belongs to us. It all belongs to God. We don't own nothing. It all belongs to the Lord. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we're not like the fan-tailed pigeon. We don't want to be the one that says, well, you know what? I'll come to church whenever I'm able to flash everything I got in front of everybody. A prideful heart, a prideful spirit that, uh, that just wants to, is just desirous of the attention and just wants everybody to look at them for what they have. I think the fourth bird we want to avoid is the peacock. The peacock. Well, the peacock, uh, I think, would probably be uh, the one that probably shows off a little bit more than the fantailed pigeon. The peacock is bigger than the fantailed pigeon. The fantailed pigeon is smaller. But the peacock, you know what he likes to do? Man, when he gets around, he wants to throw his feathers out. Man, he wants to get out there and sling his feathers out and he wants to wiggle them around. He wants to be the show-off. He wants to make himself appear more beautiful than all the other birds. He wants everybody to see just how good he is. I'm even better than the fan-tailed pigeon. Yeah, you have this and you have this and you got that. Look how pretty you are. But you know what? Look at me. And I'll just throw all my stuff out and I'll just strut down the aisle and I'll just strut down the parking lot and just throw my feathers out and just get everybody's attention. That's what I want. That's what he looks for. But you know what the Bible says about the peacock? The Bible says the peacock that his eggs are not good for food, neither his meat. Isn't that something? His eggs are not good for food, neither is meat. You know what? I, there may be some people that eat peacock eggs, but I never have. Don't plan on it. You know why? Because the Bible says it don't taste good. 
I guess some people might think eating it's good, but the Bible says his eggs are not good for food, neither is his meat. But I tell you what, he will strut his stuff like he's something. He'll go out there and spread his feathers out like he's really something, but you know what? The Bible says there's nothing to him. You know, there's a lot of people that like to fan themselves out that like they're really something, but when you get down to the heart of it, there's not really a whole lot there. The peacock has not only that, but he may have some beautiful feathers, but he's also known as the bird that has some of the ugliest feet in the whole world. Some of the ugliest feet in the whole world. He has some beautiful feathers, but he's got some ugly feet. When he shows off, man, I tell you what, it sure does look good, but when you look at his foundation, it sure is awful ugly. Isn't that something? When you look at his foundation, it sure is awful ugly, but he's got some beautiful, beautiful feathers. He really struts himself like he's something, but his foundation's nothing. And he really doesn't have anything uh, in his life uh, that shows that he's really something uh, other than his feathers on the outside. What else do we want? To, will we not want to be? We don't want to be the parrot. You know, the parrot's just the bird that says what everybody else says. You know, there's, I think there's been people got in trouble because of parrots. Uh, I think uh, I'm trying to remember a story that I heard actually one time, a true story about a crime that took place, and a parrot was there, and I think the parrot actually told. Uh, I know that sounds crazy, but I believe it actually did happen. I wish I had the story. But anyways, the parrot is a bird that just says what other people say. These are those who don't necessarily start the rumors. They just like to repeat what everybody else has said. Well, I don't really, want, I don't really know the truth, but I can tell you what I do know. We don't want to be the parrot. We don't want to be the pair. We don't want to just, we don't want to just say, well, you know, uh, 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 I, I think I know what some of the story is or I think I know what half the story is or, uh, because, listen, if we don't know, we just don't know. Amen? If we don't know, we don't know. Now, parrots, they are smart. They can keep up what's going on all around them. And they listen. They've got a lot of parrots in the, in the realm of Christianity today. Uh, they're smart. Uh, they're busybodies. The Bible says we don't want to be busybodies in everybody's life. That was something that was condemned by God. Listen, the Bible says don't be, don't be busybodies in everybody's life, you know. Don't be the parrot that just says stuff. Don't, don't just repeat everything that you know. Listen, not everything's worth repeating even if it is true. Amen. I mean, what's the point in running somebody else in the dirt even if you know it's true? I mean, you know, if it's not, not going to... I know there's some things that do bear need that people ought to know, uh, but what's the point in, in uh, rubbing people's noses in the dirt? You know, we don't all need to know everybody's business. But they are smart birds. They always know what's going on. They're very alert. They always see. They're always watching, always listening. A lot of those... Listen, just pay attention to God. If you'll pay attention to yourself, if you'll pay attention to yourself, you'll find that you've got more on what you can handle. Amen. You pay attention to yourself, you'll find you got more than what you can handle. So we don't want to be parrots. What else we what else we don't want to be? Man, watch out for the swan. You know, the swan, he don't really have a, a necessarily certain place that he dwells. Man, they're beautiful. Man, they're good to look at, but they sure are hard to keep up with because they just float from place to place. I mean, where they're here one day and they're there the next. I mean, you don't ever know where they're going to end up. One man, one day they're a member of this church, next day they're a member of that church. They're there for a couple of years, they're there for a couple of years, then they end up down there for a year, and then they're down there for five years, and then they're over here. Next thing you know, everybody in the whole community knows who they are, not because they're popular, because they became popular, because they've done been to every church in town. Never stay in one spot, but they're constantly in a different place. Listen, God calls you somewhere, stay there. And God calls you somewhere, stay there. Now listen, I know sometimes God calls people away. I get that. As long as you're following God. Uh, but 
Uh, but man, they some people, man, they just float around all over the place. Don't ever, like they never have a destination. They can never really have a permanent ministry because they're so busy always leaving and going everywhere else all the time, trying to find something new, trying to find something better, trying to find something greater. Well, if they would just stay where they're at and just let God move and let God bless, they'd probably be happier. Amen. Yeah. So watch out for the swan. I tell you what, what's the next one? The wren. Uh, wrens are a nervous bird. They're always nervous about everything. Uh, the wren pres- uh, prefers soft, uh, uh, they prefer uh, uh, soft, uh, white washing, back scratching, ear tickling preaching. That's what they really enjoy. Uh, they, like, they don't like the hard stuff. You know, people that they come in and they say, well, you know what, the preacher, he said homosexuality was wrong this morning and that murdering babies wasn't right. Listen, I ain't standing for that. And so they'll never come back. Well, bon voyage. That's all I can say. I hate that you don't see it that way, but listen, if you get mad at me for preaching that murdering babies isn't right, and you get mad at me for preaching that homosexuality is a sin, and, and if that makes you angry and you're not willing to, to come to the truth about it, then there's somewhere else for you to go. It ain't here. So watch out for the wren. I mean, they just want to be, they just want that soft preaching. They want that sugar preaching. They want that, uh, that scratching, tickling ear preaching. They want to, uh, they enjoy preachers that don't preach on sin. They don't preach on, uh, they don't preach on hell. Man, they really like to preach on money and prosperity and just how good everything is. And man, just tell us how good we are. They don't usually hang out at a Bible preaching church for long. When they fly in, they fly out before anybody notices. You know why? Because once they hear a sermon that they don't like, they're going and moving to another one. And they just constantly bounce around all over the place because they can't handle good preaching. They can't handle good preaching. So they just fly around everywhere. What's the next one? Well, let's take a look at the ostrich. Just actually go to the book of Job on this one. I'll give you a chance, a moment to find your place if you're going to turn there. Book of Job, chapter 39. And let's take a look at verses 13 to 18. Book of Job, chapter 39, verses 13 to 18. Now, the ostrich, very interesting. Job, chapter 39, verses 13 to 18. Notice he mentions some other verses here, some other birds here in the midst of all of this. But Job, chapter 39, verses 13 to 18. Notice the Bible says, Gavest thou the goodly wings unto the peacocks, or wings and feathers unto the ostrich. Watch this which leaveth her eggs in the earth and warms them in the dust and forgets that the foot may crush them or that the wild beasts may break them. She is hardened against her young ones as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain without fear because God hath deprived her of wisdom, neither hath he imparted to her understanding. What time she lifteth up herself on high, she scorneth the horse and the rider." So what do we see there? We see the ostrich. Man, that's the biggest bird of them all. And you think, well, the biggest bird of them all must be the toughest of them all. I mean, it is the biggest bird there is. I mean, can you? I mean, have you ever seen an ostrich? How tall they are and how big they are. I mean, an ostrich could, you know, can can run. I mean, extremely fast. And you would think that this bird could could just trample over and just kill anything as big as it is. Uh, but what's so interesting? is that there's a lot of ostriches that are in the realm of Christianity today. Man, they sure can run fast. But I tell you what, they are sure some big birds, and they are dangerous. But I tell you what, when danger comes, you know what they do? 
stick their head in the sand. And they stick their head in the sand and they think that that's their defense. Well, if I just stick my head in the sand, that means that's not, the danger is not there. They completely ignore everything that's going around them, but yet they walk around big and tall like they're the master of the sea. I mean, they'll walk around like and strut their stuff like even above the peacock. You know, look at me. I'm not as pretty, but I sure am bigger than you. I got more power than you. I'm bigger than you are. I'm more important than you are. I have a bigger position than you are. I'm elevated above you. And man, I tell you what, they really think there's something. But as soon as the slightest little thing comes, they run and hide, bury their head in the sand, become oblivious to everything that's going around. A lot of folks, man, they look big, they talk big, but whenever danger comes, man, they don't have the courage to stand up. They just stick their head in the sand. I tell you what, we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like that. We, we, don't, we, we, we want to be, we want to be uh, what uh, God calls us to be as soldiers. We don't, we don't want to be like that ushers that, you know, that we just have the appearance of goodness, that we just have an appearance of power, an appearance of greatness. Listen, the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. We don't want to just have a, a strut our stuff like a peacock. We don't want to just seem like that we are towering above our enemies. But uh, and we don't want to just have the appearance, man. We want to, we want to have the power. We don't want to just look like it. We want to be it. The ostrich, he has uh, no courage whatsoever. He buries his head in the midst of the danger. Man, he looks big. He talks big. But I tell you what, he sure does run around a lot and keep his head in the sand a lot. Many big birds of our day. I think there's lots of big birds in the realm of Christianity. I guess we'd call them big birds. Uh, that just have their head in the sand. What else do we see? Man, the ninth is the owl. Man, I tell you what, I enjoy owls. You know, owls, they can sit with one eye shut. They can sit with one eye shut, and they can actually wink out of the they can They can operate independently. They can just sit there and do this. You know, some people can do that. I can't do it. But they can work independently. There are some folks, man, they have a wise look because isn't the owl... I always talk about the wise old owl. Man, they sure do have a wise look about them. They sure have a wise reputation. They have a look like they can offer you something, but they really have no sense. They look like they're wise. They have this job in their mind, but their head is in one direction, their body is in another. Does that make sense? You ever seen a... You ever seen an owl sit there and just completely turn his head all the way back around? I mean, you sit there and look at it and you think, how in the world? I mean, God created an owl to do some pretty miraculous stuff. He can sit there and just completely turn his head all the way around. They, 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 they look like they, they, they're wise. Or they got this reputation that they're wise, but they stand there and they completely, their body's looking in one direction and their head's looking in a completely different direction. They seem wise on the outside, but their behavior and testimony are completely different. We got to hurry. The woodpecker, man, the woodpecker, he's always pecking on something. You ever heard a woodpecker out there in the woods? You think, man, alive, that, that woodpecker bound to have a, a sore nose. The woodpecker, he's always pecking on something, pecking on trying to get something out of it, pecks on something dead, pecks on, he pecks on a tree to try to get something out of it. Sometimes woodpeckers, they peck on dead trees. Woodpeckers, they'll peck on trees and the sap will run out and then they'll come back later and eat the bugs that came out of it, got stuck in it. 
Sometimes woodpeckers, they'll go and they'll peck on dead trees thinking maybe they'll get something out of it. Listen, there's a lot of woodpeckers in our day that are pecking on dead things hoping they'll get something out of it and they don't get nothing. Always looking for the next scoop, the next tail. Looking for that one thing that's going to give them maybe that little bit of happiness that they're looking for and they're pecking on dead things try to find something. Now we got the hummingbird. I tell you what, I like hummingbirds. How many of you got a, uh, a thing at home where you got hummingbirds? Man, they just come. Man, I tell you what, they just beautiful. They're nice to look at. And you sit there and you look at them and you think, man alive, look how fast them, look how fast them wings flutter. I mean, it's amazing how fast them wings can flutter. I mean, you sit there and you look at them, an amazing feat of God's beauty and creation. These hummingbirds, I tell you what, they can zip around. Man, they are fast. They are very agile. They can go anywhere forwards, backwards, I mean, boom, boom, I mean, they can go everywhere. But you know what? These birds, they mix in good with all the other ones. They mix in real good with the crowd. Sometimes you can't tell them no different. and You couldn't tell a hummingbird no different than, than, uh, than some of these uh, other birds, what I'm, as far as what I mean is their behavior, because they mix in really well. They're very friendly with other birds, very liked by other birds. You know, God's people ought to be different. We ought not be like a hummingbird. Now, I know hummingbirds are beautiful, and I know they're nice to look at and, and all that, but their social skills are very good with the world. Other birds tend to like them. They're not afraid of them. They all get along really well. These would be the kind of people, man, they can be Christians on Sunday morning and live like the devil, and live like the devil Monday through Saturday, and come back into church on Sunday like nothing ever happened. Listen, we don't want to be like the hummingbird. Now, the next thing, you got to love birds. Love birds. You know, we're the love birds. Well, they only come to church because the other person comes to church. I only come because my honey comes. I only come because my boyfriend comes or my girlfriend comes. That's the only reason why I'm here. I only come because they come, and once they're gone, they're gone. Listen, you have people that come to church not because they really care about the church, not because they care about the people in the church. They're just there because somebody else is there. And once that somebody else is gone, they're gone too. They're not there because they have a ministry because they want to serve God. They're not there because they have a desire to, uh, uh, to see God bless them in their future in this place. They're not thinking about any of that. Their only reason why they're there is because somebody else is there. They're not there because they... Uh, they're not there because they see a future of themselves there or necessarily because they desire to be there. They're just there because somebody else is there. And once they're gone, they're gone too. And so then we have the lovebirds. What else do you have? Well, we have the hawk. What's the hawk do? Well, the hawk, he picks up on everything, every move, every mistake made by everybody. He's always watching. He's always looking. Sometimes on my route, I'll, I'll be driving down my route, and I'll look up, and, I, and, and uh, I'll look up on a on a. A stretch of a stretch of highway uh, on the side road that's there. I mean, and there's this big, huge field, and almost every single day, almost every single day, I go by there, I see that hawk sitting right up there on that power line overlooking that field, and I know what he's doing. He's looking for his next meal. He's looking for his dinner. He's always looking. He's always watching, just waiting for someone to make the wrong move to pick it out. Listen, we all make wrong moves. Amen? We all make wrong moves. Ain't no point in picking it out all the time. But we all make wrong moves. And man, I tell you what, they'll pick it out and they ain't ashamed to go and peck on you and let you know about it. They ain't ashamed. You make a wrong move, they ain't ashamed. They ain't worried about swooping down and picking on you and pecking on you and scratching on you to let you know I've seen you. 
They ain't worried about it. Man, we don't want to be the hawk. We don't want to be like that. What else we got? We're almost done. We got the jaybird. Man, what does the jaybird do? Man, I tell you what, the jaybird, he just likes to fuss with everybody. He just causes a fuss everywhere he goes. He fusses a lot with other birds, causes a lot of strife. You know, jaybirds are mean. They don't get along well with others. These blue jays, they're a mean bird. They don't get along well with people. They're not very friendly, you know. And so they just cause a fuss. Man, everywhere they go, they just cause strife, sow discord among the brethren. They fight, man. They're vicious towards people. Uh, they just really put on, they just really carry on. Man, we don't want to be like that. Man, don't be a jaybird. Don't be so mean-spirited, so hateful. All right, we're going to stop with this one. We're going to stop with the canary here. Now, the canary, he sure is beautiful to look at. He's nice to hear, but man, I tell you what, they sure are expensive. They can be expensive. Canaries, you know what they're there for? Man, they flutter around. They look pretty. They sing beautiful songs. Man, they're just there. Good. They're just good entertainment. That's what they are. They're just there to entertain. You know, there's a lot of folks that come to church just because they're there for entertainment and they just want to entertain. They're not there because they really love God. They're not there for the purpose of really, I'm doing what I'm doing because I love the Lord. <clears throat> they just do what they do because they just want to entertain people. And we have a lot of that, I think, in the Christian realm today. Uh, whether it's singers or whether it's pastors, evangelists or Sunday, whatever. There's just a lot of people in the realm of Christianity that the reason why people do what they do is because they want to entertain people, not because they really have a heart to serve God. They want to receive the praise and they want to be flashy and they want to fly around and they want to be seen beautiful in front of everybody and they want to entertain. That's, that's their desire is, I am an entertainer. And there's a lot of entertainers out in the world today. A lot of entertainers. And I'm not saying, uh, I'm not saying that, that good singing uh, isn't entertaining because it is. Hey, I praise the Lord for that. I'm just looking down to the motive. You see, what I'm, you see where I'm getting at? I'm just looking down, why, are we, why do we do what we do? Listen, if what we do, what we do is because we just want to entertain people, then there's no reward for that. But there's a lot of people in, that are just entertaining people today because they want praise, they want people to see them as beautiful, and they want to be popular. Not because they love God. I'm not saying everybody's like that, of course. I'm just saying that that's how some people are. They want to be admired. They want to be adored. <clears throat> they want people to pay attention to them. They want to be the center of attention. they got to have it, and they want it. So these are just a few of the birds that we want to make sure that we're not like, and that's a bunch of them. But all these different kind of birds, I think we can see there in, there in our verse in Jeremiah. Well, the Bible says, my heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. The birds round about are against her. Come ye, assemble all the beasts of the field. Come to devour. Notice there verse 10. Many pastors, that means shepherds, many pastors have destroyed my vineyard. They have trodden my portion underfoot. They have made my pleasant portion a desolate wilderness. He says, you know what? There's been people from these other nations that have come in and you have adopted their philosophies. They've come in. They've taught all kinds of blasphemous stuff. You have adopted their ideologies. You have adopted their gods. You have adopted uh, their beliefs. And what happened is, is once you adopted their beliefs into your life, you begin to practice what they practiced and begin to believe what they believed. And now you have totally forgotten who I am and you have embraced the world. 
You have embraced the ideology of the world and have completely forgotten who I am. And as a matter of fact, you're like the lion out there in the wilderness that is openly defiant against me. And because of that, because of that, I'm bringing in the birds and I'm bringing in the beasts to come and spoil you and devour you. So what, are, so what are some of these birds? Well, I think we listed some of them right here. We want to make sure that we're not any of these birds. Amen? Amen. You ever heard of a cat bird? Yeah? Well, I don't have anything on that one. But just, all right. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Uh, Lord, I...